welcome to Panel to Screen. I'm Bo. And I'm Quantum Bell. Quantum Bell. I'm Giant Bo. <laughs> I am Bell only designed for killing or <laughs> oh <my> Bodoc. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, y'all. We're doing a uh, a review here for uh yeah, for Ant-Man Quantum Mania, the third entry in the Ant-Man franchise, and the big kickoff to Kang. Kind of. I mean, arguably, you could say Loki was the big kickoff to Kang, but you know what? This is the one they're saying is the big kickoff to Kang. So, you know, we'll, well, we'll just kind of go it's with it. It's the kickoff to uh, Phase Five, right? Like, that, that's right. You know what? That's yeah. exactly right, Bell. It's the kickoff to Phase Five. Uh, phase Four is now officially behind us. We've got nothing but Phase Five to look forward to, and so there is a lot to talk about. We're going to do so in, uh, <laughs> in what little time we have here. But man, I'm excited to dive into this. First, let's let them know this is going to be a spoiler review. So spoiler, spoilers, 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 spoilers. Spoilers. Here there be spoilers and ye been warned. Okay. Now, long-time listeners know I've never been the biggest fan of the the take of Scott and Hope for our Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm kind of more of a fan of the classic characters uh from, from the comics. And you know, the the fact that they kind of made it more of a Batman beyond as opposed to a true Batman, I think, you know, perfectly yeah, I've I've adjusted to it, let's say. I I think Scott Lang is great. Um, I like why can't I remember the actor who plays Paul Scott? Rudd. Paul Rudd. I was about to say Paul the Rudd. reason you probably like him is because of Paul Rudd. I think, yeah, Paul Rudd makes it work really well. Like and the first two movies are great. You know, they had a lot of heart. Um, the stakes weren't like too terribly high and uh, the humor and stuff worked in it really well. And I, I think I like I, Paul Rudd does a really great job with, with, with the character. And, you know, it's, it's nice to see, um, you know, we get both generations of Ant-Man and wasps. Yes. Uh, Ant-Man's Ant-Men. Ant-Men. Ant-Men yes. and wasps. Yeah. <laughs> so we get, <laughs> and, and we get even, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if Cassie has a superhero name, would she be like ant woman or is she ant or is, or is she another bug? I don't know. I have no idea. No, she she does actually have a um like from the comics. Is that what you mean? Uh, yeah. Cassie Lang, man. She is. I want to say it's like pint sized. What's what's it called? Oh, hang on. She does have a name. Okay, I was unaware. Stature. That's what it is. She's stature. stature. Like yeah. it. Yeah. Like it. Okay, that works. But yeah, so you know, we we got to see kind of all the generations of of uh ant people <laughs> and and wasp people which is pretty cool so i you know i i enjoyed it i i, I will say it was kind of weird having such big stakes in an ant-man movie because the first two the yeah. stakes weren't really all that big um they're still great stories like for example the the big fight in the last one took place on a toy train track uh, no that was on the first one sorry, in, the, in the first one in the first one that's what i meant to say it, it took place on a toy train track which was awesome it just you know it kind of it grounded it made it feel you know I'm not going to say relatable because we're talking about like superheroes and stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it was a lot of fun. This one, I, I still think it was fun. Um, it was just, it was just, it was just weird to me having the stakes be so big in an Ant-Man movie. I'm not saying that was a good or a bad thing, but it was just kind of weird to me. So this one is interesting. I feel like this one had a lot that worked and a lot that didn't work. It was kind of a, it, it's kind of a mixed bag, to be honest. Like I think about the quantum realm and being able to actually explore it and all of the crazy, weird bizarreness. And that I thought worked really well. I thought that was fun. Like the, the the it had like a almost like a Star Warsy element to it, right? Like we even had the cantina scene where you go in and <laughs> there's all these wild and weird creatures. Uh, you know, the the concept of like you drink this liquid and suddenly you can understand everybody and everybody can understand you is very convenient. Uh, it'd be nice to have that, you know, that stuff here on uh on the regular physical world. Yeah, like the, it, I mean, because you know, it's it, it's we're growing this environment, right? Because we 
the quantum realm initially just seemed like this place where there's nothing there except for like this energy. And then no, there's this whole place beyond it. And so that's kind of neat that we're sort of seeing that aspect of it that we didn't get to. We got to kind of, you know, see where the original wasp was uh, all that time ago, you know? Oh, I loved the the idea that like, you know, there's this entire sub civilization that lives down there that, you know, the, the differences were hilarious. The, the, your buildings are alive. Yours are dead. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. There, there were some faces though, that were deeply missed. Um, and that mm. would be Luis and you know, his, the rest of his crew, right? Like his crew that he normally hangs with that were in the first two movies. Luis was, was definitely missed. David Dalsmachian was actually in the movie, but as a voice for the little blob thing, who doesn't have holes until the end where he gets holes. <laughs> I have holes. He's I have holes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and oh, that I don't was know. great. Like, but that's the thing. I do feel like that humor that you've kind of come to know from Ant Man was prevalent throughout. And I think, you know, I think for the most part it worked. But I think there was a, there was some things that certainly fell flat given the stakes of what we were dealing with. Yeah, and it was interesting too because like this Kang has defeated Avengers before, and was defeated by Ant Man and a bunch of like super highly evolved ants. So like, okay. let's let's don't, just ta- don't be hating on the super highly evolved ants. I actually loved that. No, I thought it was movie. great. But what I'm saying is, is let's take those ants out of the quantum verse and make them the Earth's protectors, and we don't have to worry about Kang anymore. Those ants would destroy the Earth. No, no, no. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I and I get it. Right. It's like, oh, we've got the ultimate uh, Kang killing weapon here. You know, highly evolved super ants. But I tell you what, if we release those on Earth, I'm pretty sure they would like dominate the Earth. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure after Kang is gone, like the power vacuum that's going to exist is that these like ants are going to like completely dominate the quantum realm next. Well, I I think once once Hank Pym dies, because, you know, Hank Pym, you know, he's got the kind of connection to the ants more so, I think, than uh, than Scott Lang does. Mm. And so, you know, yeah, like once once probably once he leaves the the quantum realm, those ants are like, well, the only guy we really cared about is gone. Let's eat everyone, you know? I'm just I'm saying, man, I think I think it's about to. Uh, yeah, they, I'm just saying the next time that somebody goes to the quantum realm, it's going to be a giant ant cluster, which is just appropriate. All things uh, like know, one of those. Considered. Yeah, like one of those uh, big balls that that uh, fire ants clump into when there's a flood. It's going to be like that. There's all exactly. these ants. In a big exactly. Ball. No, I loved the the deus ex machina of like the the highly evolved, super intelligent, crazy ants. I mean, it's something out of Rick and Morty. It just, it worked. Yeah. I thought incredibly well. It was so bizarre and ridiculous and so appropriate for the bizarre ridiculousnesses, the ridiculousness that was this movie. And a lot, you know, some people don't like the bizarre ridiculousness. I actually like it. I think it fits Ant-Man and it's a way to crank up what has been kind of a silly franchise to the next level while also keeping the stakes kind of epic. You know what I mean? Like the the incredible battle sequence, they're fighting, you know, right in the midst of this massive city that Kang was ruling over that we first saw in Loki, or at least an, an earlier previous, you know, generation version of that city. And so like returning here and like all of like the broccoli headed dude and the laser face guy who really <laughs> should be the real taser face, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the dude that wants holes and then gets holes, like all of this. I loved, I thought was great. I will even say it, Bell. I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and dive into the most controversial thing here. I did not hate MODOK. <laughs> I didn't either. I didn't either. Like, People are hating on, on MODOK. And I'm like, who did, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. This is a reimagining of the character by making him, you know, you know, formerly yellow jacket. But beyond that, yeah, this is this is what that's what Modoc looks like. What did you what did you what did you expect? Well, I mean, I, I thought that I thought the the 
I mean, the face stretching looked weird. Like I, I would have rather of them put him in, uh, uh, like put him in some sort of prosthetic and then put that, you know, CG would onto the body as opposed to just like digitally kind of stretch his face and make it look weird. I, I, I you know what? I don't hate it. I don't hate the, the I mean, digitally stretching to make his look face look weird because all of the shrinking stuff and like all the, like, last movie when scott was like a half toddler creature looking thing he looked ridiculous <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know but I, I i don't know like i i i thought maybe making it a little bit more uh more practical on top of the cg modok you know body mm-hmm. would have i mean I, th- I think that would have been a little bit better in my opinion it, it it doesn't bother me like whatever it's 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 modok and yeah but like i don't know it, you're right like a lot of people were hating on it and I, I don't understand how because it's been more than 10 years and like 5,000 movies. And when are people going to understand that these movies aren't they're They're based on the comics. Right. They're not they're not direct translations. They never have been and they never will be. They like nobody was nobody batted an eye when they changed the storyline for the Infinity War. You know, like Nebula's the one who defeats Thanos and gets the gauntlet and like, you know does all that stuff but nobody nobody complained that iron man was the one who snapped thanos away like these things change and so if if you're going to a movie and you're expecting like you know oh you I, modok's in this movie he's going to be exactly the same as he is in the comics you're gonna you're setting yourself up for disappointment and see i think it's the opposite though i think that people wanted it's not that uh they they wanted him to be more like the comics i think it's just you know they couldn't handle the you know, honestly, comic accurate version of Modoc in terms of like the visuals. I actually liked the way they did it with the mask coming down. Yeah, the mask was cool. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, you're right. They the stretchy, okay, you know, they probably here's here's my thing. I'm not gonna bash the CGI of this movie because if you look at everything else other than Modoc's face, the CGI is incredible. It is yeah. absolutely phenomenal. The crazy creatures, the the wildness, the massive socialist ant robot army, like fantastic (laughs) it looks fantastic everything looks really really good one thing bell one thing they boated up k's power goo to get you know dude's face on modok you know okay maybe not the best way to do it i i hear you i i hear that i I don't but but it it, i I wasn't sitting there i was looking at it going huh that looks funny and then i just didn't think about it anymore because it was like the you know the 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 modok character and the performance was like you know better than the distraction that was the cgi right like yeah but see is it the cgi or is it the way that the shrink technology messed him up you know what i mean like maybe that's literally how he looks after his whole like you know weird shrink thing going into the quantum realm i mean maybe but like it if if, if you're gonna have that explanation i don't know maybe make it look better Well, regardless, man, I, 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 I didn't hate that. I thought that was fine. I did think his whole little like, you know, don't be a dick thing, and then like, ah, <laughs> like his whole quote redemption unquote arc. redemption arc, yeah, was kind of ridiculous. Absolutely, but like that's the ridiculousness you need in Ant Man movie. Like going into the quantum realm just like wrecked his brain, right? Being this 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 crazy killing machine wrecked his brain, and so you know he he's been there. He's the only human there. Well he was the only human there until the wasp left but yeah you know and so so, yeah it it was it was it was it was really neat to see darren cross you know come back and as modok of all people right (laughs) 
I mean, I think it's ingenious. It's an ingenious way to to bring the character full circle, so to speak, here yeah. at, uh, in the trilogy. I have no problem with that. Um, so here's the deal. This movie is trying to do a lot. Um, and the storyline, especially the character storylines, are very thin. And I think that's where this movie kind of falls apart for me. Uh, you know, like this movie intro- like, you know, brings Modoc in. Cool. It introduces Kang. We explore the quantum realm. Like there's there's a lot of like big epic things that are happening around us and expanding the lore and the universe of the world and everything. But if you look at the actual individual character plot lines, like they're next to nothing. You know what I mean? Like Scott, his whole arc journey on this was what exactly? I mean, his daughter thinks he doesn't care anymore, but I don't know. An argument can be made that that's not necessarily true. What does she want? She wants to see her dad do something. Okay, cool. Well, she got the chance to see her dad do something. Hope is here. Uh, Hank <laughs> also here. Janet freaked out. We play the pronoun game like for a long time in the first half of this movie. He is here. He is going to get you. Oh, you don't want to make him mad. Oh, will he be here? It's like, y'all, we all came for Kang. Okay, we don't have to keep playing like the game of like, who is he? What's what is what what could this be? No, give us yeah. Kang, give us Kang early on, and maybe spend more of the movie like honestly delving into Kang, given the fact that you're not really delving into your Ant-Man characters. Yeah, you know, like I feel like the, the characters have been a little bit stronger in the other films. And, and again, that's what I was talking about earlier, where I was like, you know, the stakes being lower allow you to build, you know, have more development, I think. Um and these stakes being huge and like far reaching in the start of the new phase, uh, they had to fit that stuff in and, uh, I, they just sacrificed the characters and yeah, you know I mean? Like, I guess yeah, Cassie's whole thing was like, yeah, you know, you, you stopped Thanos and then you wrote a book. So become a hero again. And so, yeah, Scott's journey, I guess he became a hero again. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I and, mean, you can make the argument like, there's there's kind of a cool poetic nature of like okay he saved the universe and then by the end of this movie he kind of doomed the universe right but they don't really lean into that very much i, I mean okay. kind of you know you know the 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 stingers and the post credit scenes are are yeah yeah but that's like tacked on it's not part of his arc or his journey throughout this this well no because at the at the end he's like wait maybe i doomed the unit he even says that himself yeah but that's what i'm saying it feels very tacked on that's not him wrestling with you know like throughout the the course of the movie he's not wrestling with the concept of what does it mean to be a savior and he needs to be brought down a peg or anything like that you know what i mean like that's not i don't know so this 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 movie was i would argue very very poorly written it was very poorly written um you know, like I mentioned, a lot of these characters are just kind of there. Their motivations are razor thin. We don't really get a chance to, you know, I, I, I'll i make a comparison. Look at look at Captain America Civil War. OK, that movie did so much more for the universe than just be a Captain America film. But then at its core, Captain America was on a journey. And we also got a chance to see some like beats brought full, like all the way through with Bucky with, you know, that I can do this all day. Like all of these elements of who Captain America is got explored in that movie while also being this huge, huge linchpin of the MCU. Now it's like, okay, well, what are we trying to accomplish here? You know, okay. We're introducing Kang. Well, if, if that's the thrust of the movie and then you get this concept of this little, 
tiny person, right? Ant-Man who gets wrapped up in the biggest threat to the entire universe. I think that's, that that's a, that's a concept worth exploring, but we don't really explore that much. You know what I mean? Especially not from the standpoint of, you know, Kang's motivation or Ant-Man's motivation. We don't really have an exploration of any of these characters. It's almost like bell. They were too afraid to spend too much development on Kang because they know he's coming later. You know what I mean? Almost as if they held back a lot that we really kind of need for right now. Yeah, and that that could be the issue of of you know the productization of of these movies and stuff, right? Like they have they have new shows that are coming out, they have new movies that are coming out, and they all want to like build up, they all want to have the same impact that the, you know, phases 1 through 4 did. Uh and so they have these huge huge expectations and I I feel like they're not being allowed to make the creative choices that made the first four phases so good, you know? Maybe Maybe, or, I mean, I hate to, you know, okay. So, you know, for those of you that have been listening to our flash uh, recaps, I mean, we, one of the things I've been talking about is how this season and really for the last couple of seasons, they're just stretching out and kind of phoning it in, in terms of like what, you know, in, in some areas, not phoning it in. I mean, like, you know, some things look beautiful, but I mean, like in terms of like other areas, it's like, okay, well, you know, we're nine years in, like whatever the heck, we'll just grab this, do this, that sort of thing. I feel like we're right now in that era of M- the MCU where, I mean, a lot of this stuff feels very phoned in. We're getting some phenomenal stuff. Loki season one, incredible. I thought WandaVision, incredible. Um, you know, obviously Spider-Man No Way Home was probably like, I mean, I mean it's up there with Endgame as my favorite MCU film. But then the rest of this stuff just feels like, I mean, did you even try to write a script like did, did was there a, an attempt to have a good story I, I don't see it here maybe maybe it got taken away from you but i don't know that's not I, I don't know i'm just i'm very disappointed and let down by this movie man yeah you know I, I see what you're saying and and i think it's it's maybe you know i i don't know i, I don't know the inner workings of disney but it is a business and i think you know as they they move stuff and move forward and they want to, they have to, they have to keep constantly making money. They have to. And so they're going to cut corners somewhere. And, you know, in some cases we saw that with, you know, um, the, unfortunately the, the, those, uh, these big movies, like saying we have, we have this release date and it will be finished by then. And so you have these, you know, some, uh, the people working on the CGI and stuff like that getting criticized because they have these tight deadlines and they're working really hard to finish stuff. And, you know, sometimes it's just hard to do that in those in those mandated deadlines. And, you know, maybe it's they didn't want to pay for a, a writer for this film. I don't know how movies work, but like <laughs> <laughs> we just sit back and we just we just we just throw throw insults and compliments. That's all we do. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I wasn't disappointed by the movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun and I'm excited to see where phase five is going to go. But just as an Ant-Man movie, I thought it was a little weird. Yeah. Um, it just it just didn't feel like it had the same heart um, because, like you were saying, the character development just wasn't there. It's just kind of like, you know, Ant-Man, the, 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 the rat that crawled across the dashboard of the van is, is you know, really the hero of Endgame. <laughs> right. uh, and, and so, like, you know, Ant-Man kind of being fundamental to them fixing the world in Endgame 
and then him, like you were saying, like, you know, ushering in the new wave of destruction would have been something really, really unique and really cool to explore. And maybe they'll do it somewhere else along the way, but it would have been nice to see it in an Ant-Man film. Yeah, those are the kinds of things that, you know, I, I overall I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, I'd see it again, but it just felt kind of weird as an Ant-Man movie. I love I'll just say it again. Like, I think it's it's a mixed bag for me. There are things I loved about this. I loved the quantum realm. I loved the the look and feel of almost everything. Uh, I love the weirdness of Modoc. I thought that was fine. <laughs> like I got a kick out of that. I think it was even the way he kept on trying to tell his story was almost a nod to kind of some of the storytelling tropes in the Ant-Man, you know, previous uh, movies. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously Kang is an exciting villain and Jonathan Majors is a fantastic actor to portray awesome. him. I liked what we saw briefly in this. We, you know, it was nice to see a very different take on Kang than what we got from he who remains, uh, the final ends credit, uh, scenes with the various Kangs, as well as, you know, using the technology, same technology we saw Reed Richards use and, uh, in multiverse of madness hinting, of course, that, you know, Kang will probably be Franklin Richards and, uh, directly related and a descendant of Reed Richards. Um, so, you know, tying connections to the fantastic four in the future, fantastic stuff. Uh, nods to Loki getting a chance to see that same city from the T that the original TVA was in, uh, here now in this kind of post he who remains multiverse. Very cool. Um, very cool. I've got questions, obviously, <laughs> in terms of like, you know, where where does where is Loki and where is the TVA now? But I guess given the fact that we got that end credit scene that kind of shows that season two will show us more about Kang and what's going on there, I, I wait on bated breath to learn more about where things are going. I think that the characters were all a massive. I think I think a major disservice was done to almost every single character in this movie, and unfortunately, that includes Kang. I think that we didn't really get any development for Ant-Man. We really, you know, didn't get much in terms of development for Cassie. Hope, like literally, did she even have words in this movie? I'm sure she talked to her mom once or twice. Uh, I will say that freaking uh, Michelle Pfeiffer acted the, like she was, like her acting was phenomenal. But it was a lot of playing the pronoun game earlier. Just he did this. He said this. He like, you know, trying to hide the fact, like, let this woman speak. Let her speak. It's, it's, <laughs> let, let her get to the plot. It's fine. We all know what's coming. Let's let's dive in. Don't stretch this out. She she did a phenomenal job, but she just did not have much to work with. And then, man, Michael Douglas. Nobody looks more awkward in front of a green screen than Michael Douglas. But you know what? <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. They they gave him some of the most beautiful green screen behind him, and and the crazy cyber socialist dance from future's past i thought were for phenomenal so he yeah. can he can stand as awkward as he wants in front of a green screen because that is michael douglas okay <laughs> <laughs> so there you go that's that's i think overall my my thoughts on this uh yeah i gotta give it maybe a two out of five i don't i don't hate it it's a mixed bag i was let down by it because i was really excited for what this movie seemed to promise and i just don't feel like it delivered yeah i i, I would give it a three out of five um just because I, you know, it, it it felt weird as an Ant-Man movie, but it wasn't like it wasn't bad. Um, but I don't think it was like great, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's I would I would watch it again. Like, I think it was enjoyable um, but it, as a movie. Right. But like as an Ant-Man movie, it was just kind of weird. So three out of five. Oh, there you go. That's our thoughts. Let us know yours. Head over to Twitter dot com slash TV talk FM. Uh, tweet at us what you're thinking about this movie. Uh, maybe you loved it. Maybe you hated it. Maybe you just. Yeah, that's OK. 
We all have opinions and opinions are what you paid for. And this podcast was free. That being said, help us make this podcast happen. Head over to patreon.com slash TV talk. Don't, don't promote that enough. We need, we need your support to help this, uh, the podcast podcast keep going. That's going to do it for us for today. But for me, for bell, for bell's mom, Hi, mom. We'll quench you later. <laughs> oh. <laughs>